What I love about Lover's Lane is that we will find a way. We will find a way because we know that God will give us the strength, give us the wisdom to help us find a way. And so serving is probably one of the greatest attributes of this church. There's a lot. But when it comes to serving, (laughs) this church really serves. And we thank you for that. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your efforts. And we appreciate you giving. And if you're visiting with us today, my name is Dee Dee Jones, and I am uh, the associate pastor of Crosswalk. And I will tell you that Crosswalk is one of the best places to be. We love you, and we thank you for visiting with us today. And we want you to know that you matter. You're welcome. We ask you to share. If you're watching today, share this service so that other people will know that they matter, that they're welcome, that there is a place they belong. So we ask you to share that with them today. So we have some things we want to talk about today, right? What does it mean to serve? What does it mean to serve? And I'm going to go back a little bit and I'm going to come back and then I'm going to answer that question. Because today we're going to talk about Isaiah 58. So if you want to pull out your Bible or your phone or your iPad, whatever you use, pull that out. Because we're going to talk from Isaiah 58. And I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on. Because remember our series prior, we were talking about how Babylon captured Judah, right? Well, now we come to a place where King Cyrus is in uh, control now, and he is basically saying, you're done. You don't have to stay in Babylon anymore. Go back to your home. Years, go back to your home. The problem is, though, when they go back to their home, they keep failing. And they keep falling on some hard times. And and so their way of dealing with it is let's just fast. And let's try to get God's attention. And yet, in trying to get God's attention, they treat each other horribly. They don't treat each other right. Sometimes we do that, don't we? We want God to hear our prayer, but yet we treat those around us like prayer? Do we treat those around us the way that God calls us? And then they start complaining. Why isn't God paying attention to us? Ruh-roh. How many of us have done that? God, where are you? I'm fasting. You're not answering. God, where are you? You seem silent. God, where are you? Because I'm doing everything right. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to start today in verse 6. Isn't this the fast I choose? Releasing wicked restraints, untying the ropes of a yoke, setting free the mistreated, and breaking every yoke. Isn't it sharing your bread with the hungry and bringing the homeless poor into your house, covering the naked when you see them and not hiding from your own family? Then your light will break out like the dawn and you will be healed quickly. Your own righteousness will walk before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer and you will cry for help and God will say, I'm here. If you remove the yoke from among you, the finger pointing, uh uh-oh, the wicked speech, 
If you open your heart to the hungry and provide abundantly for those who are afflicted, your light will shine in the darkness. And the gloom will be like the noon. The Lord will guide you continually and provide for you even in parched places. He will rescue your bones. You will be like a watered garden. (laughs) That's pretty good. Like a spring of water that won't run dry. They will rebuild ancient ruins on your account. The foundations of generations past you will restore. You will be called mender of broken walls. Restorer of livable streets. Wow. You see, God is saying, you're fasting for all the wrong reasons. Their fasting was a little self-serving. We've all been there, haven't we? We've all been to a place where we feel like, I don't know what else to do and I need God to do something for me, so I'm going to fast. And there's nothing wrong with that except when it just becomes one way and not a two-way street, what happens? Because then your fasting is all internal and none of it is external. And then all of a sudden everything about it is all about you and not about the purpose and the intention of what God is calling it to be. So fasting is deeply important, and it's a deeply important ritual in the church and in the life of the church. But this time, their fasting was about them and not others. The people get upset because they feel like God is not responding to them in a way that they think he should. Have we all been there? Can we say amen? God, I feel like you should have heard me a week ago. God, ten days is too long. God, six months has been a beating. They ask God to respond. Guys, God responds. And when he does, he basically says, if you really want to please me, then let your fasting be serving others. How many know that if you're going to ask God to respond, you better be ready for what he has to say? God brings a surprise twist to this story, you see, because God redefines fasting. God calls the people to really focus on their own behavior. Is their fasting changing any part of their behavior? God's kind of fasting is breaking bread with the hungry. But here's where the question comes in for me. The question for these people was, how do we get God's attention? We've all done that. And fasting was their answer. But they were asking the wrong question. It shouldn't be, what do we need to do to get God's attention? It should be, how do we respond to the attention God has already given us through his love, grace, and mercy? God tells us that response should be by loving and serving others, especially those in need. So what does it mean to serve? (laughs) What does that mean to you? If I say that to you right now, right where you're sitting, send me in your answer. What does it mean to serve? Is it giving of yourself with an added B12 shot? 
Is it walking out of your comfort zone and saying, I am doing something because the Holy Spirit has led me to do this that I've never done before? Is it looking and seeing the problem and doing something and not waiting on someone else to do it? Is it laying down excuses of why you can't and believing in a God that lives within you is all the reason that you can? Serving is one of the greatest lessons that Jesus taught us, and he taught it to us by example of what it means to serve and want to serve and desire to serve from the core of who we are. Serving is usually an action given with no intention of anything in return. So when you give, when you really serve, you know you will never get this back because that's not the point. Just like when they began to fast, they wanted something in return. But when we fast and we spend time and we are one-on-one with God, that's all the return we need. When Jesus gave his life for us, he knew there would never be anything we could do to repay him for what he had done for us. It was the truest, purest, most honorable act of service. Then we come to our second question. Why do we serve? Why? Do we serve? Come on, send your questions in to me this morning. Viv and Jan, I see you. I love you guys so much. I miss you. Dennis Street, I see you. Steph, I see you. Why do we serve? Why do we serve? Do we serve for us or do we serve for others? Why do we serve? What is the intention of our serving? Do I serve because it makes me feel good? Do I serve because I can't help myself? Our intention with our actions makes all the difference in the world. You see, our intent separates us from the meaning and the why we serve. Did you get that? Our intent separates us from the why we serve. Why do you serve? Do you serve because you want to bring glory and honor to God? Or do you serve because you need God to do something for you? Or you're afraid he won't if you don't serve? Then we come to something that I think is really cool in being a part of Lover's Lane United Methodist Church is how does the church serve? How does the church serve? And I've got a list here, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to hit everything because this church has a list that could go on and on and on. Our churches continue to serve through unprecedented times. Food ministry. We had a virtual trip to Haiti. Congregational care, recovery ministries, evangelism. We have continued to serve by inviting people to discover they belong to God. That loves them and and that they matter to him. Prayer time. Pastor Stan's Vesper's time. We continue to serve because we know that God will multiply those efforts. 
We know that God sees our service and knows our intent. If you want to please the Lord, you really want to please the Lord, you serve. How did we see that in Scripture? Guys, if you look it up, I just looked up just a few. You see the 5,000 with two loaves, and, and, and or two fish and five loaves. God multiplied it and fed the thousands, and then there were leftovers. The wedding where they ran out of wine, now let me tell you, how many want to be the bride of that wedding and Jesus multiplies the wine? How about the Israelites? They had no food and God supplied manna from above. Or how about the woman with oil? She had no food, but God provided oil and flour and she never ran out. God can provide without our efforts. That's true. I've had people tell me that God doesn't need me. God can handle this without me. And, and, and absolutely, he's God, but that's not the point. When you put yourself in the mix, it is moved from effort to a blessing. And the blessing is multiplied. What you do matters. It doesn't matter how big or how small God will use your gift, your time, your effort, and he will multiply. When I was a little girl, my mom had this friend. And I'll never forget, her name was Miss Beta, is what we called her. And Miss Beta was one of those ladies that she was a senior citizen. It felt like my whole life. It's like Miss Vita just stopped in time and quit aging. But yet she seemed to be an older lady my entire life. But what I remember about Miss Vita is walking into her home. And she had one whole room that looked like she had visited Sam's Club every week. And this was in a time when... Uh, Going to Sam's wasn't as easy as it is now because there weren't as many around. But Ms. Vita stocked up. Ms. Vita lived alone. So this was boggling to me. I remember being a little girl and I'm like, Ms. Vita, what are you doing? Why is there all this food in this giant bedroom? Nicely organized. You had vegetable over here, you had cans of fruit over here, you had water over here, you had flour and you had sugar over here. Miss Vita, this is in your bedroom. What are you doing? And Miss Vita was the sweetest, most soft spoken lady, and she said, Sweetie, there are those in need. Look around. You will never walk into a place that you will never find someone that is not in need. Okay. I would soon find out that all of that that would be in that bedroom that Ms. Vita had collected was so that she could bag up on a weekly basis and she would put it in the back of her uh, Cadillac that was probably 10 years old, and she would drive it through the streets of Dallas and she would just get out and she would hand bags of food. When she knew 
that a young mom was about to give birth, she would make sure they had formula and diapers. No one knew Miss Vita did that unless you went to her home and you saw. And when I think about what opened my eyes to what serving means, I think of Miss Vita a lot. I think of this one woman army by herself. Her husband had passed away. She didn't have any children. But she had a heart for God to serve others. Because she's right. There are so many in need. And if you just look around just enough, you will always find someone in need. So I guess the question comes to me, what kind of people do we want to be? Do we want to be the kind of people running around just to get God's attention? Or do we want to be the kind of people that respond to God's attention? I have no doubt the answer to this question. But we can't stop. We're tired. We're weary. I don't know about you, trying to figure out how to... uh, navigate this time has been a new way of thinking for me but here's the deal just because I'm learning to navigate doesn't mean that people out there still aren't in need and over the past few weeks Miss Vita's words have gone through my brain over and over and over and over again if you just look you will find someone in need there's always someone in need But am I responding to what I feel or am I responding to what God has already done for me? I have no doubt the question and the answer to this question. It's been a rough year, but God is bigger and God will provide. But our own pain and our fear can never be the excuse, guys, not to serve others. Serve in a way and serve in any way that you can. Because God will multiply. God will multiply. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are a God, that you already paved the way, you already set the example. Father, let my response not be about trying to get your attention from me, but let my response be a response that says, because of what you have done for me, God, I want to do more for you. You are a big God. Father, let me get out of my own way, God. And Lord, let me be a people and a person that I'm looking for those that are in need because we know there's always someone in need. I thank you for this church. I thank you for it constantly answering its call to serve. And we respond at Lover's Lane not because we want people to see us, but we want people to see, God, what you have done. We respond with a grateful heart and a thankful heart.